Wow. Yeah. Let's, let's applaud these kids. That's what's to applaud. Amen. Praise God. We are in a house that's making a difference. Amen. Pastor Phil and I were able to go up on Tuesday, and the minute we approached camp, no lie, the Spirit of God was just all over that camp because Holy Spirit was ushered in by your prayers. And right now, I'm just going to talk to you guys. I mean, I have hope for humanity because I have hope in you. I watched you guys as you became vulnerable, as you opened your hearts and you cried and you prayed and you interceded for one another. And this is the hope, not only for our country, but it's the hope for humanity. We can never stop praying for the next generation. We can never stop praying for the next generation. So, um, well, I am so excited about sharing today. Every uh, few months, Pastor Phil um, opens up the the gates here, and he lets me come in. And um, I love it when I get to speak. So I first want to start with some exciting news. As you guys know, last January was our 10-year anniversary, and we actually did a corporate 21-day fast together. Remember that? The book, Fasting with God, and I wrote a book about fasting and 21 days of fasting. Every January, we fast corporately as a church, and we fast for 21 days for specific things in our body and in our world. Um, and I did it with the names of God, the Hebrew names of God, which was exciting. If you don't have the book, we have them up front. I really want to encourage you, if you ever need to be fasting and praying, it's today. Amen? So, are, am I the only one? I mean, I, I think we're in agreement. We need to be fasting and praying today. So I'm so excited. Um, I received a call, actually, from Charisma House Publishers. And they said, we saw the book, and we really would like you to write another book that we get to publish. And so I'm really excited. I've just finished a book with them. And it's called, I'm really excited. It's called Fasting for Miracles. Because <laughs> we need miracles. Because we need miracles. And so I've written a 21-day fast. We will be doing that together as a church in January. The books will be available. They are fast-tracking this book, so I'm so excited. I mean, I sat down and wrote this book, like, in, in weeks. And I got it to them, and um, they, are, they are in the process right now of editing and laying it out. It'll be ready in December, and we will join together for miracles and see God do something in 2023. Amen? I believe in that. And if you know anything about me, you know I love prayer. You know, prayer is my baby. God, I just said, God, please let me be a strong woman today. I mean, that was my prayer this morning. I like, I hate these weep, whoopy, weepy, wimpy women. I'm not that. I'm a strong woman. Um, so I'm going to be strong. But when you walked in, you saw the prayer wall. And I believe in prayer. I was birthed in prayer. And, you know, I came from a home where my parents taught me how to pray. I vividly, I was walking through my message while I was walking yesterday, and I vividly see my daddy, and he's in heaven now, but I see him in his pajamas at his bed every single night praying for his daughters. There's not a night I didn't sneak in past my bedtime and, my, you know, I'm supposed to be in, and my daddy'd be in there. My daddy was a prayer warrior. He taught me how to pray. Now listen, listen to me. You are leaving a legacy for your children. You are leaving a legacy. They will do something that they've seen you do. And my daddy was a, he prayed for his family. He prayed for his, his church. He prayed for our country. He was a Marine and he believed in this country. And I remember him praying for this country. Now my mama was different. My mama was very charismatic. And so my mama would just sing prayers over me. And she'd dance. And she, we'd get to dancing in the spirit. And she'd start singing. And she'd start, she'd start prophetically praying over me. And so I got a little both, my mom and daddy and me. But they taught me how to pray. And I want you to understand, you've got to know how to pray. 
You have to know how to pray. Most of us don't know how to pray. It's one of the most important things you will do. It's how to communicate with the Father. Now, what makes us think if we have communication classes in our schools, why we shouldn't have communication classes in our church? Are you with me? Um, I'm a life coach. I've done a lot of executive life coaching, and, and one of my specialties is the art of communication. So I go into Fortune 500 companies, and I teach them how to con communicate with one another, departments with departments, and men with women, and well, that used to be a thing that probably broke that down, but used to be. Um, how do we communicate? Because as you know, it is difficult to communicate with the opposite sex. Um, I think God did that on purpose, so he would teach us how to pray. But seriously, <laughs> communication is so important. How do I communicate? And, you know, it's funny because I actually looked up the definition of communication. I think this is so good. Listen, it's the imparting or exchanging of information, thoughts, and feelings. So that's why it's so hard to communicate with our spouse is because we wear our feelings on our sleeve, and they misinterpret our sleeves. And, you know, they just like my husband says, what did you mean by that look? What look? <laughs> I don't have a look. He has a look. He has that look. You know, I mean, that's, we are communicating whether we use words or not. Is that so true? Yeah. Right? Okay. So I want to talk to you about how to communicate with God, how to communicate with God. So I heard a great story. I just thought it was super, and it might help you understand this. Two men were sitting down having coffee, and they were talking about how spiritual they were extremely spiritual men. They were exchanging spiritual stories. And the one man looked at the other guy and he goes, you know, you think you're so spiritual. I bet you don't even know the Lord's Prayer. Matter of fact, I'll put 10 bucks on it right now if you can quote the Lord's Prayer. <laughs> That's easy, he said. Okay, go ahead, 10 bucks right here. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. <laughs> he shook his head. He handed him the $10 and said, I didn't know you knew it. <laughs> See, honey, I can be funny. <laughs> he tells me, you're so cute when you try to be funny. He's a seven on the Enneagram, which means he's funny. So I'm a three and I'm serious. And so like, that's another communication problem we have. <laughs> so anyway, I want to talk to you a little bit about prayer. I think we're living in a day like we all know we need to pray like we've never prayed. Never can I remember, especially now, it's very similar to what we went through in the 70s where it was just rebellion and anger and division and heartache, and we need to see God move. I want to talk to you today about the Lord's Prayer. Now, you might be able to recite the Lord's Prayer, but that doesn't mean you know the Lord's Prayer. Are you with me? We recite it at ball games. We, we hear it. I mean, some of the greatest songs, Our Father. Sorry, Melody, I know you're not going to ask me to be on the team. But we just, we listen to it. We sing it. I bet we could recite it together right now. But I want to take you deeper. I want to take you into the Lord's Prayer so it can become your prayer. Now, let me set up the stage. If you know anything about the, uh, the book of Matthew, Jesus has just come out of the wilderness in chapter 4. He has been tempted by the enemy. Now, listen, I'm going to give you some good teaching. You may know this, but it's going to make it applicable with the Lord's Prayer. So in chapter 4, the Bible says he was tempted in all ways, yet without sin. Now, that's so important to know that every temptation you will ever go through, you have ever gone through, he tasted, he touched without sin. There's nothing you have been through, will go through, want to go through, or don't want to go through that he doesn't already know. So he was in the wilderness. The Bible says he fasted for 40 days which teaches us we need to be fasting. I believe in fasting. We're going to fast more as a church. I'm going to encourage you to fast more. 
He's fasting for 40 days. The enemy comes at him in every way that he could be touched. And it says he did not sin. He did not sin. So he's coming out in chapter 4 into chapter 5. And by that time, he starts to call the disciples. So that's if you read through chapter 5. He's calling James and he's calling Peter and he's calling the disciples. And they're beginning to follow him. Now listen, there's something so irresistibly attractive about Jesus that everyone followed him. When you are filled with the spirit of the living God, there's something absolutely attractive about you that people want to follow you. There is an insatiable appetite that humanity has for the things of the spirit. And we are constantly like a magnet looking for someone that has the Holy Spirit because we're drawn to the Holy Spirit. So the disciples began to follow him and he takes them up on a mountain in chapter five. It's where he gives the Beatitudes and it's where he begins to talk to them. Now just get this picture. This is Jesus with his disciples. That's why we're called disciples. We're supposed to do the same thing Jesus did with his disciples. We're supposed to sit them down and we're supposed to have conversation with them. So he started to talk to them about the matters of their heart, the matters of humanity. He got to talking to them about lust and love. He got to talking to them about hate, about their neighbors, about their enemies. Everything that was a part of their heart, he talked to. He talked to them about being the salt and the light of the world. He talked about anger is like murder. It begins in your heart. He says adultery is looking with lust in your heart. He talks about honoring marriage before him. He talks about going the second mile for your enemy. He talks about doing good into others, and that's all just in chapter 5. So you see how he's sitting down on this mountaintop, and he's dialoguing with his disciples. And he's, he's like, I'm just sitting there like I could just be, too, I'd be like George. If you ever know George, he notes. I'd see George with Jesus. Oh, wait, let me get that one again, Jesus. And, you know, he, they're just like gleaning. Now, if you, if you open up your Bible, Pastor Phil talked about this last week, the Bible is changing. They are changed. It doesn't change. It doesn't change. But they are trying to rewrite and reinterpret the word of God. If you don't hide God's word in your heart, you may not have God's word. You've got to be reading the word. I told Pastor Phil last week, turn the lights up in the house. I want to be able to read my Bible. We've got to be able to read our Bibles. Get your Bible, blow the dust off it, go back and read chapter 4, 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew and let Holy Spirit do a work in your life. Sit down and read the word of God. And I'm sitting there and I'm reading it. I'm going, man, if I was there, if I was there in chapter 5, what would I, and man, you, you got me there, God. Yep, I've been doing some, some of those things. I've been harboring against my enemy and I haven't been helping humanity and I've been very, very about myself lately. And all of a sudden, but they're, they're listening. And then look what they do. They go, but Jesus, but Jesus teaches how to pray. He's teaching them all this stuff about humanity, about, about their heart. You know he's nailing it. You know he's nailing it because every one of them is going guilty, 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 guilty. And then they look and they say, but teach us how to pray. That's the only thing the disciples asked Jesus to teach them was to pray. Not to do miracles, not to speak in tongues, not to heal the only thing they asked Jesus was, teach me how to pray. And what I love about this is Jesus starts with how not to pray. Do you ever realize that? Before he teaches them to pray, he teaches them how not to pray. So we were just in Denver a couple months ago, and I was with my little grandson, Atlas, and he wanted me to teach him to ride a bike. So we got out there to ride the bike, and I looked at him, and I said, Atlas, before I teach you how to ride this bike, I'm going to teach you what not to do. I said, don't ever get on this bike without a helmet. It's so important that you always have a helmet on. And I said, then, buddy, the next thing that's very important, don't ever get on this bike until you tell your mommy and daddy where you're going first so that they know where you are. And then, buddy, there's going to be times that boys are going to tempt you to do things with this bike you shouldn't do. That's called dumb. Okay? So if somebody tries to make you do something with a stunt and you say, you're stupid, I'm not doing that, know what to do. Now, now that I told you what not to do, let me teach you how to ride a bike. 
See, that's what Jesus did. Let me tell you what not to do, and then I'm going to tell you how to pray. So let's look and see what Jesus said not to do. In Matthew 5, verses 6, he says, And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love standing in the synagogues and on the corners, that they may be seen by men. Surely, I tell you, they've already gotten everything they're going to get. It's as good as it gets. If you're full of pride and everybody sees you, that's as good as it gets, because you have nothing in heaven. It's, it, you know, if you're so about somebody thinking you're spiritual, whether it's acts of kindness and goodness and your prayer, and I, 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 I can exegete, what's the word I'm looking for, baby? The scriptures, I can tear them apart like I really know what they mean. I'm, I'm spiritual. Well, enjoy what you're getting here on earth because it's not going any further. Because God knows the matters of your heart. And he's saying, boys, listen to me. Before you start praying, let me tell you how not to pray. Because listen to me, this is important. They knew how to pray. That was a part of their culture. That was a part of their religion. If you've ever been to Israel, you've ever been to the Wailing Wall, which I have, oh, they can pray. They're very spiritual. And they pray the same thing over and over and over. But there's no meat. There's no evidence. There's no fruit. It's just words. And he's saying to them, if you are like the hypocrites, you're not going to get anywhere. First of all, this is what not to do. And then he goes on and he says, but when you pray, go into your room. And when you shut the door, pray to your father who sees in the secret place, who sees in the secret place. Now, what I did, I just listen, when I, when I get the opportunity to teach or even in my own prayer life, I sit down with the word of God and I ask God for insight, wisdom, and revelation. I want something new. He tells us the precepts of the Lord are new every morning. He tells me he gives me new manna every morning. I have learned the Lord's Prayer when I was a little girl. I needed fresh manna. I need something new. I need something fresh. I don't want to say I know the Lord's Prayer. I want to live the Lord's Prayer. Does that make sense? So all the times that I've read the Lord's Prayer, I've really never paid attention to the secret place. And I was walking with the Lord the other day, and I just thought, I want my secret place. And in my spirit, he says, you have your secret place. So if you know anything about me, I'm a prayer walker. I love to prayer walk. Um, you probably see me a lot of you honk at me around the neighborhoods. I literally walk all over Anaheim. Um, truthfully, I am training for the El Camino in Spain. So I'm going to be walking 100 miles. Um, so I leave on October the 4th. And it's a, you know, obviously, it's a spiritual journey. That's why I'm going. Um, if you know anything about the El Camino, it's the, the way of St. James. And honestly, it's the way of Jesus for me. But um, I'm going to do this pilgrimage. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. So I'm training. So I'm up to 10 miles a day right now. I have to get to 20. So I'm covering a lot of Anaheim. I mean, I'm just covering a lot of territory. And you may see me. I mean, I'm just bringing heaven down. I'm talking to God. I'm praying. I get, you get random texts from me because Lord put your name on my heart and I'll just text you. Hey, Holy Spirit just told me to tell you your love today. And I'm just having this encounter with him. And he says, your prayer walks are your secret place. That's where you and I connect. Nobody knows. You're not showing anybody. You're not trying to I mean, if you honk at me, I may hear you. I may not, because there's times where I just feel like I'm like alone with God. And then I have actually a prayer room in our home. Many of you have been to our home. And I have a room upstairs. It's my war room, my prayer room. I go and I have a big rock, and I pray over this rock. And I got all my kids' names on it, my grandkids and our church and influence music and women of influence and our youth and our students. And I pray over this rock. Those are my secret places. So let me ask you, do you have a secret place? Do you have a secret place that you're so intimate that nobody goes there but you and God? And God knows your heart because what happens when you get in that secret place, you find out how much of God you have. Oh, you got all of God, but how much does he have of you? See, when you get alone with God, the evidence of your heart comes out. And sometimes I'm in there. Sometimes I'm quiet because I'm just meditating. Sometimes I'm quiet because I don't have anything to say. And that's when I know I need to draw closer to God. If you can pray everything you know in 30 seconds, you need to develop your prayer life. Oh, kind of quiet in here. Are you with me? 
You know, you prayed for the whole universe in 30 seconds. You need to go, I maybe need to go a little deeper in my prayer life. So he says, go into your secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. It's about him rewarding you, not you rewarding you. And then he goes on, he says, when you pray, do not use vain repetition as the heathens do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. So you ever just see somebody over and over and over and over, the same thing, you, you can recite their prayer for them. You've heard the same prayer for 22 years. Don't be like that. Have fresh manna every morning from God. Therefore, don't be like them, for your father, listen, this is so good, for your father knows the things you have need of before you ask him. Can I get an amen? amen. He knows what you need before you even ask, and you say, then why ask? Because he wants you to know he knows. Because he wants you to connect with him in prayer. Prayer is not for show. It's not for pretense. It's for secret. I'm going to take a moment, just give you a couple of verses that are so good. I think I love these. Um, let me quote this first. I think this is good. This was actually Billy Graham. He said, true prayer is a way of life, not just for use in the case of emergency. Make it a habit. And when in need, you will be in practice. Amen. Amen. When you need to pray, you'll know how to pray because you've been praying. It's like a muscle, muscle memory. You should be working that muscle every day. You should have certain habits in your life that you call on every day and they're part of your life. He meets you in the secret place. In Psalm 139, 15, look, my frame was not hidden from you when I was being born in the secret place. I don't care what, what's going on with Roe versus Wade. I don't care what they say about life or no life or it's not life or you can get rid of life. You were known in the secret place in your mother's womb. You were known in the secret place. He knew everything about you, your identity, your struggle, your giftedness, your calling. He birthed you in your mother's Room, look in the secret place. Psalm 81 7 says, In distress you called, and I delivered you where I answered you in the secret place. Do you have a secret place with him? Pastor Phil's been talking these last several weeks about the blessed life, and Pastor Drew alluded to it. Do you know that everything you do, whether it's financial or any other way, what you do when you give, it's done in the secret place so that your giving may be in secret, and your father who sees in secret will reward you? Let me tell you what, he ain't missing nothing. He's he not taking a nap. He didn't miss, you didn't, you didn't get by him. That wasn't a quick one, you know. Maybe he didn't see that one. Believe me, he saw that one. He sees everything. He knows everything. After he told him everything not to do, he says, now, boys, come here. Let me tell you how to pray. Now, let me tell you how to pray. When you pray, pray like this. Now, listen, let me just say this quickly. This was not really the Lord's prayer. Because it says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil one. Forgive us our debts. Forgive us our sins. Jesus never sinned. So it couldn't be his prayer. It was a model prayer. It was a way for him to teach, hey, guys, here's a structure. Here's a template. Here's a guide. Take everything you're feeling, everything you want, everything you hope for, and put it on this structure. Does that make sense? So he says, listen, when you pray, pray like this. I, I had this analogy. It just really hit me. Prayer, if you know the Lord's prayer, it starts with God. It goes to you, and it ends with God. So it's kind of like a sandwich. He is the bread of life. Matter of fact, the Bible's real clear, and it says in John 6, 48, I am the bread of life. Now, let me tell you why this is important. When you pray, most of us start off praying with what we want. Oh, God, help me. Don't let them find out. Oh, God, I shouldn't have said that. I bet they're talking about me right now. God, could you just erase what I said? Or Immediately, we move into prayer. We start to pray about us and for us. Now, stay with me. When you pray, you start off with God. You start off with God. Good morning, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I extol, extol you. I give you love. I acknowledge you. I understand that you are the God of humanity. You just bring his presence into the atmosphere of where you are. Are you hearing me? I'm teaching you how to pray. I ain't Jesus, but I'm teaching you from the model, okay? So don't start off, me, me, me. That's that vain repetition. 
McCall, you're over there. You do that all the time. <laughs> Vain repetition. Me, me, and then me, and a little more of me, me, me. That, that's vain repetition. When you pray, you start with God, then you go to you, and then you end with God. Our Father, say it with me, who are our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it's... That's us. A few translations there, keep going. That's okay, many translations, and how does it end? Well, you know it, are you living it? That's my question. Do you see what I'm saying? God, you, God. Every time you pray, think of this sandwich. Take a bite of that sandwich. Let it be God, you, God. Don't start off you. Start off God, then go to you, then end with God. Let me give you a couple things that I really believe the Lord wants you to know. Why do we pray? Number one, it builds our relationship with God. It builds our relationship with God. Prayer gives us intimacy with God. We have to have a worldview. And I'm going to really go quick through just three steps here. Did you notice off how we started? Our Father. I've never stopped to see this before. It's the Father we get. It's the R we forget. Our Father. Our Father. And God just gave me this slap in the face when he said, Tammy, you have to understand, I am the Father of everybody. I am the Father of humanity. There are no only children in God's household. Sorry, babe, no only children. He loves being an only child. In God's house, in God's family, in God's kingdom, there are no only children. And I'm, and I'm getting this R, R, and all of a sudden I'm seeing homeless, and all of a sudden I'm seeing people in need, and all of a sudden I'm seeing broken people because I forget he's our Father. He's our Father. I'm telling you what, this year, this church has made such an impact in our community and around the world. I could not be more proud of our missions pastor, Jen, and this church for what we've done. Let me just tell you what, it is unprecedented what we've done in this church. And I'm going to take a moment. I just have to say this. Um, our team was leaving on Thursday. We have 35 people going to Mexico to make a difference, to go into prisons. Um, Jen is crying even now. She's weeping over here because they had to cancel the trip because of what's going on in Tijuana right now. And wisdom said to do that. And she second-guessed herself, and she came over last night crying. And should I have not canceled it? Should we just trust God? There's times you have to use wisdom. And right now, we had to cancel this trip. And it's breaking her heart. And that almost made me even just love her more, that she was so broken that she can't go down to these prisons and meet the needs and build the home for this family. We have been in, in Mexico. We have been in the Ukraine. We have been in our our own city. Every single week, our missions team is in Boys and Girls Club, Salvation Army, Grandma's House, Teen Challenge. Every week, this church has shifted towards seeing our God. Are you with me? There's so much happening in this house. And I'm just going to take one second because this hit me this week. I met with this woman. And she said, I've never been a part of a church that's done so much. And Pastor Phil and I talk about this a lot because we say, are we doing too much? Because it seems like every single week, we're coming to you with something we're doing and asking you to give to it. And I asked her, I said, do you ever feel like we ask too much or maybe ask to give too much? And man, she slapped me up the face one side down the other. Here's what she said to me. I've never been in a church that's done more for humanity than Influence Church. George, is that somebody calling you? Is that God calling you? All right, I know. I'm Pastor, oh, oh, George, God's always calling this man, so I assumed it was him, all right? Now listen, stay with me, because I get real nervous, like, 
You know how people are like, oh, that church wants is my money. Well, you know what? Take your money. I mean, I, honestly, God's like God his own. And I'm finally getting victory over it because when you're in a ministry this long, you know, you're thinking people, everybody wants your money. Here's how you know. When we ask you to give something and you come back on the next Sunday and you see a video clip of what you gave to, every single time, whether it's children, youth, men's, missions, women, young adults, every week you see where your money's going. So I'm telling you what, the fact that you are part of a church that's doing what the Bible tells us to do, that we literally are going out to our Father. Only God, and I wrote this, I thought it was so good, only God could completely love humanity equally. Maybe I didn't write it. God wrote it. It was, you know, when you get one of those downloads and you're like, oh, that's good. (laughs) That's good. Only God could completely love humanity equally. Our Father. Our Father. Number two, prayer brings honor to God. God is to be hallowed. Listen to me. Boy, this one, he really got me. Hollow your name. Holy, sacred, above all others, above all others. Oh, man, this one really got me because, listen, one thing just bugs me is when I hear people take the Lord's name in vain. And I'm going to preach to you on this one because God is very clear. In Exodus 20, verse 7, you shall not take the Lord's name in vain, your God. Listen, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. He takes his name serious. He takes his name. So if you find yourself saying, oh my God, oh my God, did you hear about that? Jesus Christ, good Lord. You know, I mean, can you hear people saying that? And you see their faces come up because they say it all the time right now. Good Lord, Jesus Christ, oh God. I'm telling you what, you will stand before your creator, your maker, the sovereign God of the universe for taking his name in vain. The Bible goes on, and this is so good. I want you to see this verse. It tells us here in Philippians, therefore God has exalted him and given his name above every name. Why? Because at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on the earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that who? Jesus is Christ, to the, uh, is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. All the names right there. All the names you want to take in vain right there. Every, why is it that the enemy wants to demean, make common, belittle the name of God, Jesus Christ, Lord? Because it's where there's power. It's where there's salvation. There's salvation in no other name but Jesus. The Bible tells us in Acts 4.12, nor is there salvation in any other name, for there is no name. Would you repeat with me? No name. There is no name given among heaven whereby we will be saved but the name of Jesus. Oh, you'll say Jesus one day. Oh, you'll say Jesus one day when you bow, whether you are in heaven, on earth, or you are under the earth. The name of Jesus will be said, do not take his name. Now, let me just say, I'm a life coach. I'm going to coach you. Maybe you're used to it. Maybe it's been a part of your life. It's a part of a habit, but you can break a habit just like you can make a habit. Take six weeks. I give you six weeks to quit. All right? That means every time you catch yourself, you immediately say, oh, God. You are sovereign. You are holy. When, I, when I, something comes out of my mouth, I just immediately start doing this on my walks. Holy, 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 Jesus, 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 holy. A thought comes in my mind, a negative thought, anger, jealousy. I don't tell you the rest of them. They're none of your business. All those thoughts come. All those thoughts come. And the Bible says, take that thought captive by renewing your mind. I renew my mind by calling heaven down to earth. Oh God, I'm so sorry. Please, I'm taking that stinking thinking and I'm going to put Jesus in my mind. That's how I do my walks. Like we have conversation and he's constantly course correction. He's constantly doing stuff in me and I'm having to confess. And then I call on him. I redirect my thoughts. I redirect my mind and I'm in unity with him. 
Psalm 148 says this, let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone. His name who? His name alone is exalted um, in the glory of the earth and heaven. So the enemy wants to belittle, defame the name of the Lord. He wants to make his name common. But man, this one is so good. Number three, why do we pray? Guys, learn to pray. Not just for that cute girl you want to date with. Come on. Girls, not just for a new Gucci bag. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Take the words, take the words that he was teaching and ascribing and using. Have you ever sat with a mentor? You ever sat with someone that was mentoring and loving and teaching you and opening your mind to new thoughts? That's what Jesus is doing in the Lord's Prayer. He's teaching humanity how to have conversation with him. He's teaching humanity how to have communion with him. He's teaching humanity how to communicate. You want to talk with God, use the Lord's Prayer as a model to put your request, your hurt, your pain, your suffering on. Number three, it brings heaven to earth. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Where? on earth as it's already being done in heaven. I'm bringing heaven to earth. I'm calling heaven to earth. When I'm on my prayer walks and there's certain things I'm praying for, I'm grabbing it in perfection and I'm bringing it to earth. I'm grabbing it that's already done in heaven and I'm bringing it to earth. I'm bringing heaven to earth. Verse eight, we just read, it tells us that God already knows what we need. Look, for your father knows the things you need before you, know, you even ask them. He already knows he's waiting for you to ask. He's waiting for you to ask. A little bit later in Matthew 16, look what he says. Jesus is teaching again, and he's agreeing that heaven is open. It's an open heaven. He says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. I love wearing my key. I wear this all the time. Sometimes I just unlock heaven's door. Like, I know I'm very weird, and I love it. I just, I love it. I have all these analogies in my head. And, you know, I'm just like, God, I need you to do this one. I'm, you told me you gave me the keys of the kingdom. You know, I like the keys. I'm taking the key, and I'm going to open heaven, and I'm going to ask you to hear my request and give me my miracle in Jesus' name. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth has already been bound in heaven, and whatever I loose, I let go on earth, has already been loosed in heaven. Listen, prayer is not only about information. It's about transformation. I can give you a lot of information. If you take one thing home today, that's information. But did it transform your life? If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. That word is metamorphous. It's exchanged. It's transformed. It's different. Your life should be different. We started by saying you need to be irresistibly attractive. And not just because you're dressed all smack. I think that's still a cool word. All right, is that still an okay word? Okay. These, these young boys came up to me the other day. I got to learn the lingo. Like when I was a kid, bad was good and good was bad. They'd come up, oh man, you're looking bad. And I'd be like, I thought I was looking good. And, and this, these boys came up to me and they go, you're dripping. I'm dripping? What's dripping? Girl, you got it on. You're dripping. So... I'm dripping. I'm not sure what dripping is, but I'm dripping. See, I can really be funny. I really am having fun. Oh. So wherever your faith is, God wants it to grow. He wants you to know that he can, and he does, and he will. You know, I heard a story about um, a little community, and there was a drought. They hadn't had rain for months, and the people decided to come together and ask God to open the windows of heaven and let it rain. And they didn't have food. They didn't have water. They were going to die. And they came to the town square and they began to pray out, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God, open the windows of heaven, open the windows, let it rain, we're going to die, let it rain, let it rain. It didn't rain. 
They came back the next day believing God. Oh, God, open the windows of heaven and let it rain, let it rain, let it rain, let it rain, and it didn't rain. The third day they came and they opened the windows of heaven. God, we're going to die. Let it rain, let it rain. And a few minutes later, a little boy approached and he came to the middle of the square and he said, oh, God, open the windows of heaven and let it rain. And immediately it started to rain. It started to pour and pour and pour. And all the adults looked at the little boy and said, we prayed and asked God to let it rain and he didn't hear us. Why did he hear your prayer? And he said, because I brought an umbrella. (laughs) Have you got an umbrella? Are you expecting God to do what you've asked him to do? The little boy knew he was going to need an umbrella because God was going to rain. Get you a stinking umbrella. Walk around because the windows of heaven are getting ready to open. Amen? Amen. I believe it. You know, I want to finish. This is so good. Uh, Jesus went on in Matthew 7, 7, the next chapter. That's why I really want you to read Matthew 4, 5, 6, and 7. And in 7, 7, he's finishing with his disciples, and it's a song we just sang. And, and Drew, thank you for always being so ready to accommodate me. I asked if we could sing this new song. It's from our new album. I'm going to tell you about that in a few moments, but we love our new album. We love influence music. We love what God's doing. We just got to worship with songs that were birthed in this church today. God is giving us songs. It's amazing. But this song we just sang, Ask, uh, was what I want to talk to you about. Now listen, don't lose me. This one gets really good. And I'm going to tell a really cute story at the end. It's maybe I'll be as good as I've been. All right. So Jesus goes on in Matthew 7, 7, and he says to his disciples, ask, What's next? Seek, and then, okay, ask, seek, and knock. So that's what he's telling him to do. Now listen to me. So I'm at a restaurant the other day, and I've been eating, and I looked down, and my water glass was empty. I'm like, dude, I need some water. The waitress comes over, and I said, excuse me, can you fill my water glass? I'm really thirsty. I need some water. Oh, yeah, I'll be right there. You see, I asked her for water, right? I asked for water. She didn't show up. She got busy talking to her friends over at the other table who came to see her. And I thought, by golly, I need some water. So I went seeking. I picked up my glass and I walked over and I said, excuse me, I asked for some water. I'm seeking for some water. Oh, I'm so sorry. I got busy over here. I'll be right back. So I go back and sit down a few minutes later. I picked up my glass and I walked to the kitchen, and I knocked on the door. Wasn't that good? See, let me tell you something. Listen to this. You can ask all day long, but you got to go deeper. God wants some action on your part. Get busy. Get busy. God wants to take you deeper. He said, I heard you. Come on. Come on. You're so cute. Come a little closer. I'm going to come seeking God. God, you know what? You know what I want, and I'm going to knock on heaven's door until I get it. And the windows of heaven are going to open because you got your umbrella. I'm telling you, God wants to do something. Now, here's what I know about humanity, people, society, church. God spoke to everyone here, but some of you will do something with it. Some of you will go to lunch and assess whether I was funny or not. You will assess my clothes or the church or what we're doing. And some of you go, I don't know, God just really spoke to me. So it's not like God has favorites because he's our father. Come on. It's how many of the kids are listening. 
If you got kids, you know they don't, they don't listen equally. Are you with me? God wants to work. Heaven is the throne room of God. Listen, listen, listen. Heaven is the throne room of God. It is where miracles are released and answers to prayers freely flow. I wrote that on my prayer walk the other day because it was just like God said, heaven is the throne room of God. And I see him in chapter four of Revelation in the throne room. It is where miracles are released and answers to prayers freely flow. God wants to do a work. Corey Ten Boom said this, is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Is prayer your steering wheel or your spare tire? Is prayer guiding your life or just a safety measure? Just there when you need it. Not until we create a deep, intimate relationship with God will you truly ever understand prayer. My journey of prayer has been a lifelong journey. I want to go deeper. There's so much more of God I haven't learned yet, but it's my desire. I have to put in the time. I have to get up this morning. I have to go to my prayer room. I have to get on my face. I put on my prayer worship music. I sit there. I listen to God when he convicts me. It's my journey because it's personal. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you already have received them and you will have them. You know, we're getting ready to release our album on Wednesday, and I'm so proud of Influence Music. Melody, you've done a great job. And Whitney, I'm so proud of our Whitney and our new little baby that's coming. I don't know where you are. Hopefully not giving birth. There you are. You know, I'm so proud of both of you and what you've done. And Drew, how you've stepped up to lead this church in worship and, and what's happening here. Listen, don't, don't take... Look, you're a part of a house that's doing something. All right? If you attend Influence Church, you're like, man, it's like spinning plates. Well, would you rather a board life? I mean, come here because there's so much happening here. So we're really excited. On Friday, uh, the album drops. See, I'm coming up with all this great lingo. That means you can get it on, on Spotify, Apple Music, all that other stuff. Don't. you got? We need your support, guys. And we need you to put it on social media. We need you to tell everybody you need to be praying this and you need to hear this song. We need you to help. But what we really need you to do, and again, I'm asking you to do it. Let me just say this. We'll ask you to do a lot of things. Not everything's for you, I understand. You won't do everything we ask you to do. Find out where you're in alignment with this church and partner with what hits you. If it's children or missions or music or prayer, right? God, activate me in my passions. And we're going to give you an area in all areas of life to somehow connect in this church. But I want you to go see Melody after the service. We've got about 500 tickets left for The Grove. I mean, how many of you have been to The Grove lately? I mean, they have, are you people, do you live in Orange County? You are boring people. You haven't been to concerts at The Grove or anything fun? You need to get out more. So get a ticket. They're like, I think like $10. Is that right, Melody? Okay, so buy 10 100 bucks isn't going to hurt some of you and give them out. We need to sell out completely. Kim Walker will be there. All of our influence team, Mac Brock will be there. Larry, you guys all love Larry. And we are going to worship at the Grove. Not this Friday, next Friday. Get out your calendars, do a date night, take your lover, go worship God and go to dinner. All right? Do something fun. We need you to support what God's doing. Is that a bad thing? All right. Oh, okay. I said lover like that was a bad word in church. Okay. So Melody is going to be out there. She's as cute as a bug's ear. If you don't know her, go meet her. Buy at least 10 tickets. And let's make God, uh, let's glorify God. So I'm going to end with this. Uh, we're going to sing this song. And we're going to sing Ask. I'm going to have you stand right now. Friday night, 
Friday night, get the album. This Friday, next Friday, The Grove. And then I'm just going to ask if we would join in prayer for what's happening in Mexico right now. We are broken that we aren't able to go build this house for the family. I was going to show you the picture of the family. I have it in my notes, actually, that we were going to build the home for. We were going into the women's prisons, and obviously with what's happening in the prisons in Mexico, we just couldn't. So our heart's broken. Listen, let me tell you what, there's nothing more important. Listen to me, church. There's nothing more important, all the fun things you do. There's nothing more important than advancing the kingdom. And Pastor Jen planned this six months ago for us to go to Mexico. So this has been on our books in this church. It's a priority that we go to places like the Ukraine and we go to places like Mexico and we go to places like Serve Your City. Over 200 of you two weeks ago. So we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Amen.